Your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the following. selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next six months. What are the things we're going to cover? We're going to cover tonight what does one-to-one research, one-to-one coaching. I, I think I've done probably around, I'd say, three, three, four thousand hours of one-on-one coaching over the last two decades. And I thought what I'd share with you is some of the dark conversations that come up in these coaching conversations. They go for about an hour. Hello, John, how are you? They go for about an hour. And um, I thought I'd share with you the template I use, the questions I ask, and also some of the most weirdest things that come up out of these conversations. I'm going to touch on that. I'm going to talk about why I think you should fuck the business plan, why I think you should not worry about a business plan, Hello, Lisa Novak, how are you? Yes, she says, I'm glad I'm seeing him relaxing. I only landed here with the family about two hours ago, or three, four hours ago. I'm going to tell you the secret in selecting good employees, selecting a good place to work for. And I'm also going to tell you that you can use the same criteria on who you hang out with. I'm going to talk about that. In addition to that, we're going to touch on the grand final. And why I believe at the end of the day that form is temporary but class is permanent. And never forget that. And I've never, ever, ever, ever seen a spontaneous recovery from incompetence. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to also talk to you about um, why I actually refer a lot of people to my competitors. And why that's actually ended up becoming one of my best business strategies I've got believe it or not. And I'll touch on that. I'm going to talk to you about, geez, we're talking about a lot of topics tonight. We're going to talk about win probability. Why I believe that this is one of the most important strategies every salesperson should have, the win probability strategy. I'm going to touch on that. I'm going to touch on the law of diminishing returns and why I think that that affects you in your personal life, in money, in every aspect. I'm going to touch on it. It's going to help you look at things differently. And in addition to that, going to touch on a beautiful passage from a book from Ernest Hemingway. Let's turn this light around a little bit better. Beautiful. Ernest Hemingway in a 1926 novel um, where I think I touched on it. Hello, Matty Steinway. Good to see you, my good friend. Nikki Morgan, how are you going? And the last thing I'm going to talk about is my prediction in the real estate market. So gang, let's start the show on the road. I got water, but today it is not the beautiful water that I normally have. And the reason why is here in Byron Bay, I can't find it. So what did I do? I went into one of the local shops and bought 12 bottles for 10 bucks. So let's firstly talk about one-on-one coaching sessions. The first thing I was going to say to you is that um, the number one goal when I'm having a one-on-one coaching session with someone is the following. The number one thing. What I want to do, and listen to me very carefully, what I want to do is interrogate reality. I'll say that again. What I want to do is to interrogate reality. And the reason I want to do it is that until you can have a true conversation without the false self, you can't have growth. 
you need a real conversation to take place. And for me, that means interrogating reality. Hello, Josephine from New Zealand. I think from Mike Perro Group. Hello, Ben, how are you going? Why do you need, why do you need to interrogate reality? And the reason why is that a lot of the times the issue is the bullshit story that someone has got. And what happens is by in, interrogar- interrogating reality, I'm able to cut through a lot of the shit. So how do you do it? Like, how do you actually do it? How do you actually create transformation or a change in a one-hour conversation with someone when you're not there? Well, it's being having the ability, and I have to say to you, and this is not me putting tickets on myself, but it is, in fact, because I've just told you I'm not putting on tickets on myself, but in fact, I'm about to say something that is uh, putting tickets on myself, is that it's actually a real strong skill and science to be actually able to coach someone. And I don't mean mentor, and I don't mean tell, and I don't mean train, but to actually coach someone, to be able to create light bulb moments in a conversation requires a good, decent understanding of evidence-based psychology because what actually happens is normally in a coaching session, someone will want to tell you the stuff that they want to tell you, not the stuff that they need to tell you. And one of the first questions I'll ask after the small hello how's life type shit by the way how's life is an okay question but it's not a great question because how's life gives you a very average answer a better question that i start a coaching conversation with is this chantel bustani has just said hi tom panos now i want to let you know that chantel bustani is Christina's friend, and I don't know what relevance she's going to find in this, but hello, Chantel, and I'm glad glad you've put my names in capitals because that's the way I like it. Remember, authority figures. So let's move on. This is the question. This is the question that I would ask. This is the question I'd ask. Based on the shit that's going on in your life, and work. What's the most important thing we should be talking about now? Did you hear that? Based on all the shit that's going on in your life and in your work, what's the most important thing we should be talking about now? Hello, Stevie Georgiakis, Dr. Stevie Georgiakis, the great lecturer from Sydney University who's also given me a subject to talk about tonight, which is sport. But did you notice, did you notice, guys and girls, what I mean by cutting through the bullshit? Now, if someone turns around after I've asked that question, the question that says, based on all the shit that's going on in your life and business right now, what's the most useful thing we can talk about? If they say to me, I'm not sure, I will actually go in and dig deeper. Because you've got to understand, what I'm doing in coaching is I don't want to be water skiing. I want to be scuba diving. I want to be going in deep. 
And the way I do it is to actually get people to actually think about it themselves. And they've got to have skin in the game because it's a collaborative conversation. So I'll go on and say something like this. If they turn around and say, I don't really know, like a bit of this, I'll say, listen, what if you did know? What's the biggest thing that's on your plate at the moment? And that opens up the conversation. And what happens then is I don't do a lot of talking. I sit back and listen. Because remember, we've got, as Steve Georgiakis says, you've got to go deep into people's minds. And what that means, as I said, is going for a deep scuba dive. It's like peeling an onion and getting into the core. And it's incredible that most business problems that come up in these coaching sessions, listen to me carefully, most of them are in fact not business problems, which leads me to believe that nearly all business problems are created by non-business issues. They're things that get in the way. And let me tell you some of the things that have come up over the years. Anxiety and sadness. It's a common one. People say that they suffer anxiety. Another one that they say is this, that they wake up in the morning and they're just not feeling optimistic and depressed. Other things that come up is this, very common, that they're living a life beyond their financial means. They cannot keep up with the lifestyle they've created. Other things that come up is this, that they're pissed off that when they look at their body, they're fat. Other things that come up is this, that they just have low levels of energy and they're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. So what begins to be a business executive coaching session ends up becoming a coaching session about life. Gang, the next subject I want to talk to you is about why I think you should fuck the business plan. I'll tell you why. You can have all the consultants in the world. You can have all the strategists in the world. Listen to me very carefully. The best, the greatest business plans never survive their collision with reality. Did you hear that? The greatest of the greatest business plans never survive the collision with reality. So what I'm saying is that you can have it all planned out in your head. You can have it all planned out on an Excel spreadsheet. You can have a P&L report written up. But at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you, when your plan gets executed, shit happens. And that's why I say to people, don't get too concerned about getting the perfect plan. Just start and adjust because you're going to be adjusting anyway. As Lisa said, they've never had a business plan to run their great agency there of, I think, 40 or 50 staff. I want to move on to the next topic. How do you select a place to go work with? How do you select staff? 
How do you select people to hang out with? Simple. This is the question. Listen to this. This is the question, guys and girls. Are these the people I want to be in trouble with for the next five years? Are these the people I want to be in trouble with for the next five years? I'm not being negative. I'm telling you, you've got to factor in that when you are working, when you are in business, there's going to be trouble. So the question is, you've got to decide, are these the people you want to be in trouble with? Because if they're not, you shouldn't be there. That is one of the key, key, key things for me when you're looking at working in an organization or hiring people. Because hire for character and train for skill. Remember that. Skill is trainable. It's changeable. It can be taught. It's called education. It's called self-improvement. But at the end of the day, a zebra doesn't change its stripes. At the end of the day, if they're a dickhead at 15, they're a dickhead at 25, they're a dickhead at 35, and they're going to be a dickhead at 85, even though they're going to have a funeral. Never forget that. Let's move on. The grand final. What did we see? West Coast win. We saw the Roosters win. And talking to Steve Georgiakis, he said to me, why don't you bring sport into it? Bring sport into the Sunday night rant. And I thought I'd bring it in. And what was the thought I had? In sport. In life. In business. I've never ever seen a spontaneous recovery from incompetence. That's the first thing. At the end of the day, the best team wins. And I'm going to say to you, you can fluke a game with incompetence. You might win a few. But amortized over a year and on a big day, the truth is, the truth comes out. And that's what happened on Saturday and Sunday. The better teams won. I share this story with you because the best investment you can make to yourself is to improve yourself. Because luck's a shit strategy. And I'm also going to say to you that recovering from incompetence does not happen spontaneously. It happens gradually. Which brings me to the book I was going to touch on. Ernest Hemingway in 1926 wrote a novel. And in this novel, there's two characters that are sitting by a bar having a drink. One character says to the other character, so how did you go broke? The other character looks up and said, gradually, then suddenly. Profound. First slow, then all of a sudden. And that's not just bankruptcy. That's anything in life. Gang, and let me say to you, whilst we're talking about sport, competition. A lot of people, when I talk to them, 
They tell me they ignore the competition. They say, we don't give a fuck about the competition. We got our blinkers on. All we care about is what we do. There are elements of that that would say that that would be very good to control the controllables. But one of the things you've got to control is your response to the competitor. Example, I heard a story that in a town, a barber had opened up and what he said as his signboard at the front to try and drag customers in, $7 haircuts. And what happened is he got a bit of business. He went in and undercut the existing businesses. And then what happened is the competitor responded. And the competitor put another sign that said, we fix up $7 haircuts. And the business started heading back a little bit. So gang, I share this story with you because the competition does matter. And I think if you're a real estate agent here right now, what you should be doing is getting a copy of a listing presentation that your competitors are using. Because if you've, list, if you've missed quite a few listings in a row, it would be useful to know what's the hot button? What's the story that's engaging the vendor from their competitor that is smashing you off the park? It would be useful to know. Competitor analysis, in fact, is a very basic business strategy that people use in any business setting. It's very useful to know what's the gap in the marketplace that you can solve. And I share this story with you because the NRL Grand Final, it did matter what the competition was going to do. It did matter what the competition was going to do. And at the end of the day, I have to say to you that if you coach a team and you actually have total disregard for what your competitor it is, you are going to lose. Of course, control the controllables. Focus on your stuff. Focus on your strengths. But you also need to understand your competitor. What's the strength that your competitor's got that you need to neutralize? And what's the weakness the competitor's got that you need to actually use to your advantage and maximize? Let's move on. I want to talk to you about the fact that someone during the week found it very hard to believe when they rang me up to actually ask about using my services, I said to them that they should actually use another person. They were shocked. They said, I can't believe it. You're the only person I've met that's actually even, you know, recommended me to someone, you know, who's a competitor to you. And I said, well, here's the deal. At the end of the day, in my heart, if I feel that for what you're looking for, this person can solve your problem better, that's the right thing. And I said, you know what? Strange thing. Been doing this all my life, and it's probably one of the most important strategies to actually help you win customers for life. You see, what actually happens is the minute you let go of commission breath, the minute you let go of 
why you're going to win out of the transaction. And the minute you let go of the need for the deal, what actually happens is that person that you speak to works out, hey, I like this guy. This guy cares more about me than himself. Here's an important thing that I'd like you to brain tattoo in your head. Start solving and stop selling. I'll repeat that. Start solving and stop selling and be a value-added provider. Show more, do more, give more. And when you're playing the long game, you don't care about whether you miss out on a deal here or there because you know that you'll lose a listing, you'll lose a sale, you'll lose some business, but you're never going to lose your reputation. And what you're doing is playing the long game. And the long game is actually building raving fans, not trying to trick people into one transaction. What you're trying to do is to get someone for life. And by the way, Robert Caldini's book, Influence, a beautiful book. He talks about the fact that one of the best ways to actually win trust with people is to admit one of your weaknesses. That's when people begin to adore you. Your ability to be vulnerable and to actually point out your own weakness. Let's move on. Two more subjects and we're out of here. Win probability. I think a lot of people spend too much stuff, too much time, too much money, too much effort, too much focus, too much energy on low probability business. I'm going to say to you, for me, one of the most important things that I look at when I'm in a sales situation is win probability. What's the probability that I'm going to win this business? You see, I'm not interested in spending 10, 15, 20 hours on actually building relationships and building proposals on low probability business. It's good to know that up front because I think a lot of the times people are spending their time and energy on low probability business. Win probability business says to you that the time and effort that you're putting in here is better on this than something else. And I want you to know, every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And I think a lot of people take for granted opportunity cost. And whilst we're talking about some economic terms, let's talk about the law of diminishing returns. The law of diminishing returns says that there comes a time when extra something means fuck all. So let's talk about it in money. I was listening to Bill Gates where he talked about, you know, being a billionaire. And he said something along the lines is, you want to make as much money as you can to give you financial freedom. But once you get to financial freedom, a hamburger is a hamburger. And I thought to myself, that's very profound. Once, let's face it, once you've got to freedom to be able to live your life your way, after that, realistically, a hamburger is a hamburger. That's what we mean by the law of diminishing returns. The law of diminishing returns that says after a certain point, the benefit greatly reduces. Now, I'm going to say to you, the law of diminishing returns affects so many things in life. For instance, let's talk a little bit about, you know, a rental property. Yes, certainly a coat of paint and um, new carpet and uh, a fresh kitchen 
and maybe resurfacing the bathroom, change a few light fittings is going to improve your rent by, you know, you know, 20-30%. But going all the way, going all the way and, um, you know, uh, let's talk about, you know, putting timber frameworks and going in there and, you know, um, putting in designer uh, um, uh, label stuff. Let's talk about, you know, um, using high-end appliances, you know. Um, the rent increase is very insignificant after that. The same you could be talking about with property. A lot of people overcapitalize in real estate. Because what actually happens is that they actually spend too much money, more than they have to, and that's when the law of diminishing returns come in. They overcapitalize and can't get their money. The same could be said about anything. The same could be said about sitting on the beach drinking pina coladas, right? Be honest. The first two or three might be fantastic. By around the 20th or the 30th, you've got the law of diminishing returns coming in there again. And that's what I basically want people to understand. Too much of a good thing is not a good thing. Finally, let me give you my views on the real estate market. Because I actually think that this is the first time in years that I'm scrounging on realestate.com, checking out, checking it out every second or third day. Yes, guys and girls, I'm back in the market. I'm back in the market. And why I'm in the market? Because I always prefer to buy property when I bid only against the vendor and not bidding against a lot of buyers, which is contrary to what most people do. I find it remarkable, remarkable that most people will be prepared to go to an auction, to be bidding against 10 people, get carried away, pay over the top, and when there are golden opportunities. Now, we have a window of an opportunity at the moment. And that opportunity is that people are panicking. They're watching 60 Minutes, as Steve Jujaka says, back in the game, 100%, letting you know the same words, the same words. I'm going to say to you, when uh, the Liberal government won, I think the second last election, Australia, we're open for business. Well, I'm telling you, Tom Panos is open for business. And I say that because I know there's a lot of real estate people looking here. And yes, of course, I want to buy very well. And now's a great time to be buying very well. Now is an opportunity to be buying 10, 15, 20% lower than they have been at peak times, guys and girls. And I'd be urging you all, guys and girls, do what Buffett does. Buy when people are selling and sell when people are buying. Or what a lot of the Jewish people I've learned over the years and I've had Jewish landlords, when do they sell? They never fucking sell. So guys and girls, let me just say to you, it is a golden opportunity right now and let me tell you why I believe that the real estate market is so robust in Australia. Let me go through some points. Why I believe that the marketplace will not be dropping like 60 Minutes said or like other you know, media commentators are saying. Number one, think about it. Interest rates are low, even if they went up a percent or two. They're low. Number two, think about this. Unemployment is low. Number three, Unlike America, you can't hang your keys back to the bank and walk away from a problem. In Australia, you can't do that. 
in America, you could go buy a home next to Sylvester Stallone, not pay the mortgage and go hand the keys back. That was how it worked there. That doesn't work in Australia. The other thing, guys and girls, is this. At the end of the day, we don't have forced selling. Sure, there's the occasional mortgage sale, but if someone's got to drop their property by 30-40%, they don't sell it. And you know what? The market sets the market. So when there's no transaction that takes place at that, prices don't drop. So what am I saying to you guys and girls? Right now, get out there. Money's cheap. Back yourself. And you know what else, guys and girls? On the record, if you've got anything that's really, really good buying, let us know. Hit me up. Private message me. But I'm letting you know. I'll be doing my due diligence. So don't just, you know, ring me up on any bullshit. Guys and girls, on that point, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to hope that you have a fantastic week. I certainly am. It's been a tough eight weeks for me. Four weeks, pretty much, with my brother. Those last four weeks of his life. And then four weeks, I've been under the pump. 42 conferences in 39 days. In addition to all this other stuff that needs to get done when you're running a business and got responsibilities to various organizations. Guys and girls, I'm signing off. And never forget, take your mask off. Your clients will take the mask off. You have a real conversation. That's when you'll have authenticity. Get good at that and you're set for life. Share the video. Tag someone. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday Night Rant every week at 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million-dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next